Good evening. Welcome along to the Dundee Stars live show or morning, wherever you're listening to this. We have um, a, a huge special guest. He was um, requested by yourselves to join us this evening, which we'll get on to in a minute. But just to um, welcome you to the show, uh, to remind you that we are live on Facebook, YouTube, on video format this evening. But if you are tuning in uh, via our audio uh, edit of the show, Thanks very much as well. And of course, if you want to listen back to anything from tonight, you can do so uh, by uh, checking uh, us out in terms of audio format on all good platforms um, and also uh, by watching this back uh, via YouTube as well. But I think uh, let's just get this, the show started and introduce our guest. It is uh, the Dundee Stars, Elijah Bariga. Uh, hello, Elijah. How are you doing? Good and yourself. Thanks for yeah, having me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, we've been looking forward to this for a, a good few weeks now. We had Mac on last week, so no pressure on you um, in terms of producing the goods this evening. But um, yeah, no, thanks for coming on. You were in our original request from fans to have you on the show. So we, we, we made um, um, moves to get you as soon as we could. How, how's things in a way? How have you settled into uh, Dundee? It's been a a wild few weeks, but I suppose personally, how have you settled into the, the city? Uh, actually, quite well. Um, uh, I just got here, obviously. Um, I was uh, jet lagged when I first got here. I was going 13, it was like 13 hour flight, eight hours difference from home. But um, I think everyone's been nice. City's nice. I like it. Um, but so far, so good. How, how do you cope with that jet lag uh, at first, actually? We suppose that. When we have you across here, we forget about the impact of that at first. It must be difficult. Yeah, I'd say the first at least three days are kind of tough. Like, I don't know. It seems like normal, but then uh, like just something hit, like your tiredness hits you and then you're out by like seven, six. So it's a little different. But after the first couple couple days, uh, you kind of just settle in and um, back to normal. And, uh, and just to touch base as well, you've got a little bit of pressure. One of our regular guests last year, was one of your former teammates, Charlie Combs. Um, yeah, yeah. And he produced the goods, Elijah. So I hope you're, you're going to be able to entertain everyone for at least half an hour this evening. <laughs> I'll do my best. So, um, yeah, let, let's talk about, um, uh, before we get into Settled In and Dundee and things, let's talk about the, I suppose, um, we didn't get a chance to catch up with you in the summer, but um, a, a huge opportunity to come here and join the Elite League. Um, has it has it lived up to the expectations that you you had of it, or has it exceeded them? Uh, I would say so far, yeah, I would. Um, I honestly didn't know what to expect. Um, I, like you said, uh, Charlie Combs, I had to talk to him, and I didn't really know. I mean, he he was the only one that I kind of knew that was in the league, and he kind of told me all about it. And uh, especially signing with the Stars, um, obviously he played here, so and he was did well and um, kind of just talked to him and he kind of told me the in and outs about it. So, but so far, yeah, uh, I'm impressed with the league and I like it so far. Has it been a, a tougher um, proposition than you maybe anticipated before you got here? Um, I'd say a little bit, yes. And a little bit, no, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously I didn't know what to expect, but um, yeah. Um, I think uh, the league is good, and I'm excited to keep things going here and, um, and see what else. Uh, well, we only played a couple teams, I feel like, so we haven't really experienced everyone yet. So, 
there's another point to, to talk about because it can feel at the start of the season like you play um, Belfast and Fife 200 times. Um, yeah, it's what it's been feel like we played the past. We only, only played five teams so far in the past like month. So is that is that unusual uh, compared to what you'd be used to back at home? Um, well, I was in school, so um, usually we play double header, and then the next week is another double header. So it's it's kind of similar, but it's it's a little lot less traveling, but it's about and, it. And not, well, listen, you've not made the trips to Cardiff yet. That's going to be the, uh, the yeah, big no. ones. Yeah, I've heard the there's the a couple longer ones coming here soon, so I, I prepare myself. <laughs> no, nah, that's good. And by the way, I forgot to um, let people know that they could send their questions in for you this evening, questions and comments, uh, and we'll read as many as we can. So, um, yeah, post them in the usual places on our Facebook page. Um, on the YouTube chat, and uh, we'll get to them at the end. Um, just before we go, we we love to hear everyone's questions and and such like. Um, so yeah, please get them in. Um, let, let's um bef before we suppose we talk more in depth about the Dundee Stars and and the season so far. Let's let's go back to um your your upbringing, your youth. How how did you get involved in ice hockey in the first place? What was it attracted you to, Elijah? Um, I didn't start ice till I was like. I want to say 11 or 10, maybe a little later. But um, I played roller hockey growing up because in California, there wasn't that much ice, obviously. Um, so roller hockey was a, the only way to like play. And then as years went by, I mean, they started building ice rinks and stuff, and there was only a couple. And um, I cannot – I think after like I was like 12 or something – um, one of my buddies that was on my team, he uh, left to go play ice and he played there for a year and he absolutely loved it and kind of just told me like, you should leave and go play ice. Like it's way better and the competition is getting better. So um, that's what I did. And then kind of just ran away with it. And that's an unusual story, I suppose, in some respects, because usually guys will come across and they've been playing since they were three or four on ice. Um but for you, it was 11 or 12. Uh, did you have some catching up to do in terms of stuff with that? Or did you just naturally uh, manage to um, adapt? Uh, I, was, I think it was quite natural. I mean, I was I started playing when I was like four years old, but it was roller hockey. I mean, obviously it was different. The only thing was a little different was learning how to skate again. Not really again, but like obviously rollers, a lot of like turning and not really like ice, like stop and start. So kind of had to adjust that. Um, I think the skill wise was already there. I think uh, it was kind of like a stepping stone. So um, I just took that opportunity and uh, started ice. But other than that, I would say the only thing different would probably just be skating. But I wouldn't say it would that big of a difference. But if there was, I would say that. And, and who who was the the main influences on you when in those early years when you were under sixteen and and just started? Uh, I would say my parents, um, they went to like, a, they went to Keens game in Los Angeles and kind of fell in love with the game and, uh, put my brothers and I in, uh, into the game and kind of, kind of just went from there. I think, I think that's nice that you, you say your folks or, or your parents are the, 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 the main inspiration. Um, we hear that from a, a good few players, but I suppose people don't realize the dedication they have to give to your your interest and and your your um hockey career as well at those early stages 
Yeah, I would say uh, I'm very thankful for them and grateful. I mean, it's a lot of time and money, especially in California and not much ice. So it's kind of expensive. There's only five local rinks maybe at that time. And taking us to practice in LA traffic is not always the best either. We'd always have to leave early. And so it's time consuming. And uh, I'm just grateful that uh, they made some sacrifices for me. And here I am now. So grateful for that. Yeah. That's welcome. This is a question for you. We don't ask it. What's it like living in California? What's what's that? Because you hear different stories from people. What's it like? Uh, I mean, I like it. I enjoy it all the time. The only thing you really have to plan is just like, I guess you have to like plan your day out almost because um, there's so much traffic. But um, other than that, I mean, there's always something to do. So um it's kind of nice too, and the nice weather, always warm, not really cold. But um, I've been gone for like six years already, so I'm used to the cold already. <laughs> As I say, playing playing in ice rinks, you'll be used to cold. But what what's um mm. what's some of the highlights like in California? If people were going across, is there any like um, spots that you go and check out that are not really touristy, or is there anything that you need to do, mm. or would you recommend that are touristy? Like, yeah, you got to go and do that. Uh, I would say, I guess Disneyland's kind of big when everyone comes. Um, everyone likes to go to like uh, sports games. There's a lot of there's the Kings, there's the Ducks, there's the Rams, there's the Chargers, two American football teams, um, and then the two baseball teams. You got the Anaheim Angels and Los Angeles Dodgers. So I'd say go to a game and um, everyone likes to go to Venice Beach. They think it's pretty popular or Santa Monica Pier. Uh, I just say like a lot of beaches. Malibu's nice. Um, there's also a lot of hiking areas you can go to. They have really nice views. So I would say that. And uh, a lot of amusement parks and Hollywood sign is huge too, actually. Everyone wants to go see that. So I would say yeah. a couple of things. That That's the big thing, isn't it? That people are, like will reminisce there or that uh, and, and various, I suppose, arenas and things like that. But wh where is a dark place, a dark horse place, a place that is not in the tourist books that people should visit? Oh, I'm not too sure. That's a good, that's a hard question. I don't know. There's a lot of good places, but I'm not really sure. I'm not really yeah. sure on that one. There's there's too many good places to keep one low key about, but um, I'm not too sure. It's a tough question. Stick to the tourist um, uh, books. That's what we're saying, right? Uh, if, if you're yeah. going that. Um, no, that, that that's cool. Uh, but yeah, so you had those early years. When was the the first years that started to get really serious for you in terms of ice hockey? Then. Ah. Uh, Honestly, I would say uh, that first year of ice, like I've never traveled ever in my life to go play and like playing in California, like there wasn't that much teams that you could play locally. So everywhere you had to go, you'd travel like every weekend you go to Chicago or like Michigan, anywhere in the States to go play other teams because we had no competition in California because there wasn't that many teams. So um, it's another thing I'm, grateful for my parents spending that much money every week just for me to play somewhere else in the states 
it's kind of crazy, but um, I would say I would say instantly that first year, that's kind of where it hit me, where I'm like, whoa, because then the competition was like way better than in California. Does does it get more serious as well? Like you mentioned, your parents paying all that money for you to do this. Does that does it start to put a bit of pressure on you? Thinking, actually, I've got to really take this serious. My folks are spending a fortune on this. Yeah, I mean, at that time, like, you really don't know how much they're actually spending. But then when as you grow up, you're like, holy, like, you guys did this for me and, like, all this stuff. But I knew they were spending money and stuff like that. So kind of kind of instantly, like, you kind of turn on your brain and say, like, you have to kind of have to play good. And if you actually want to do it, then stick with it and keep going and see where it takes you. So you got to be committed. No, absolutely. Mark was talking about commitment last week when we had him on. He was also talking about some of the inspirational coaches he had at the time and, and one that was really quite harsh on him, I think, but, you know, developed his game. Who who did you have at that time that, that was, I suppose, that developed your game on, kicked you on, and, and why did they do that? Um, I, was, I had a coach. Called, uh, his name was Mike Bickley. Um, he's kind of been, like, there for me since I started ICE. Um, and I still I still work with him in the summer, so... I would say him. He was always pushing me. Um, I worked uh, skating in the summer that first year with him and kind of just was working on my skating a little bit more with no puck, uh, no stick either. So it was just all like focus on skating. And then um, after that, kind of just it was a mixture of both. But I would say him early on. No, absolutely. I love the name of this team that you played for, by the way, Elijah, the Salmon Arm Silverbacks. Yeah, Salmon Arm Silverbacks. Yeah, they said oh, yeah. uh, in British Columbia. Yeah, was that a good experience? Good time. Yeah, actually, kind of like the town in Salmon Arm reminds me of a little town here in Dundee too. It's not too big, not too small. Um, things to do. I mean, obviously not that much, but still like pretty big, not small. But um, no, I loved it a lot. It was beautiful there and really enjoyed my time there I played there for two years and Elijah I'm going to ask you for some of your favorite places later on in Dundee and the surrounding areas and I'm a bit worried that like um you've obviously spent a lot of time in California and I feel like it might not live up to the hype but um we'll, we'll, we'll ask you them later on just to see where you are <laughs> but let, let's talk about um this now I've not really touched on this the NCAA league we have a lot of players coming from there um across to this league now but also at the stars what's it like playing in that league um of course when when you're at college um i suppose let's touch on that first the experience of doing college and hockey at the same time what's that like uh yeah it's a unique experience i mean um i think at the end of the day it comes to time management obviously um school's a priority first before you're playing um, but yeah, I think it just comes down to planning your days out and having good, uh, time management is really, is really key, I would say, but, um, no, I loved it. I mean, uh, I had the best four years there. Uh, we won every, we won the championship four years in a row. So can't say too much, any bad things about that. I was going to get onto that because you won it four years in a row. How do you manage to win something four years in a row without getting complacent, thinking this is in the bag? And how do you keep that motivation for four years to, to win a championship? 
Uh, I don't know. It was, I think every, every guy was just so committed to winning. Um, our coach there was unbelievable. Eric Lang. Um, he had guys doing the right things all the time and preaching success. Um, actually Hugo was on my team for two years, Ryan Hart. So he was the captain for two years, uh, two years I was there. So, um, that's how I know him really well. We went to school together. And then, um, but I mean, he can tell you, he can tell you about that too, but, um, I'd just say the guys were just so committed and always, um, we're relentless. And, um, by the time like two years came, it kind of was like, we had a little swagger, like we were never going to lose and kind of, kind of just stuck with us for the four years. You say like I, we just won a championship for four years, you know. Um, yeah. Like it's nothing. It's I suppose. Um, surely I know you say the studies are, are the most important thing, but when you get to the the tail end of the seasons, four years in a row, you must be thinking about those games and that championship. I suppose. Yeah, more than I mean, so. it, it kind of creeps into your head, like you're just you're right there again. Like it's. It, I feel like. I felt like we won one championship, but it just like it went by so fast that like you didn't even realize you won four years in a row. It just it's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, it creeps in your mind. I mean, there's a and we've been like in the league in every every category for that four years. So you know everyone's gonna bring their A game against you, and no one's gonna take a shift off because they want to beat you. But um, it was a little. It was obviously the first year we were chasing, we were hunting to be first, but uh, the past three years we were being hunted. So it's a little different from looking on the other side. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I just love how you passively say we won the championship four times and, you know, that, that's it. We're, we're fine. Four years in a row. Um, <laughs> let, let's, um, I suppose, in terms of the NCAA, why do you think so many players manage to play there in that, in, in that college league and then transfer over into Europe so successful? Uh, I think cause the game is pretty much kind of similar, I'd say, but, um, um, I, uh, I just think, uh, it's just like so structured. Um, I mean, it's easy for guys from the States, obviously. Um, that's like the stepping stone they would say, um, you go to your junior team, then you get committed to a college. And then after four years, you look to go pro and a lot of guys like coming to Europe to play. So I would say that. Yeah. Is that, when does that start to become an actual reality or a, an ambition when you're in, in those college years to play in Europe or I suppose developing in North America? Uh, when do you start to start think, okay, this is what I want to do with this? Cause I presume for a number of years, you just, you, you just go along with it and see what happens. But when, when does it start to, break out in terms of options and what you can do yeah i would say the first year first three years are kind of like you're going with the flow you know like you're not really thinking much in the back of your head but i'd say like at the end of the year after or approaching your fourth year i feel like that creeps into your head and just now then uh now you either start playing well because <laughs> people are always watching so but i'd say definitely a fourth year um, that starts to creep in your head and um, you start thinking about that stuff. And if, if you really want to pursue that, then you're going to pursue it. If not, then it, you, de you get your degree and go to work. 
yeah, that's, that sounds so bland compared to what you're doing just now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, and, and you know what, Phil? We've had players, Elijah, have even come here, spent a year or two here, maybe even only a year, and then went to work. And I suppose that's a reality people don't realise as much as a player may love playing at the Dundee Stars and may love playing in the Elite League. Sometimes other things happen, and and I suppose career opportunities come up. You can't you can't refuse, right? I mean, it's, there's a reality in life, I suppose, for everyone as well. Yeah, exactly. Like um, a lot of guys want to go pro, but they also get a good they get a good job from from school and their degree, and and they're going to enjoy it more, get paid more, and they take that opportunity because at the end of the day. They're gonna pass it up, and it might not be there anymore. And that's the same thing that goes for hockey. You know, like you might have a, a good uh, good job coming, but you also have good hockey, and it's just it's just what you're you gotta take a chance on something. How many players do you see who have you've been at uh, the college, university, college, um, whatever you want to call it, um, system who you think could have really done well in a league like the elite league, but they, they just choose the job option, Elijah. Is there, is there a lot? Uh, I think there is. Actually, they say that there's uh, one of my best friends, um, Parker Everine. He was a uh, captain at school last year. And uh, he got a he got a good job. And he could have played if he really wanted to. Great defenseman. And um, just better opportunity that way for him. And he just took it. So, I mean, that's a, it's tough. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got to do something. Well, Elijah, see, um, due to the injury crisis, the stars always have. If you can maybe speak yeah. to them, see if he wants to have a vacation for <laughs> a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he's that good. No, but um, uh, li listen, I, I think that's a really interesting story. So see, when you talk about that fourth year, at what point do you realise, because Jeff Mason's openly said it's a league he keeps an, an eye on, he, he knows... Um, he scouts in that league and he knows what, at what point do you realize that people like Jeff Mason are scouting around that league and they're looking for players uh, to play in, in leagues like this or even Germany or, or wherever? Uh, I don't think there's a point in the season. I think it's just after the season and see what, like what comes or like what it kind of, they kind of wait and to the end of your season, like a lot of the scouts and stuff like that. And kind of that's when they start talking to you right when your season ends. So I don't really think that, you know, during the season, but like I said, like when you said that they're, um, they're already scouting, but that's what I said, like people are always watching. So you always got to perform. And um, I think uh, that's when like the calls start coming at the end of the season and then you pick and choose. And, and, and I suppose the other thing, it's not just what you do on the ice. It's I suppose the character off the ice as well, because I'm sure um as Jeff has done, all the other coaches as well, check out character references and to check what you, you're like off the ice as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just because you're a good player doesn't mean that you're going to go pro. Like, your attitude plays a big part in things and what you do on off the ice also does uh, plays a big part too. So you want to make yeah. sure you have good guys on your team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and... Well, th that leads us to the point of the Dundee Stars. Of course, this is your first season um, across in, in Europe, first pro season. W what was it that made the Dundee Stars an option for you? What was it that sold you to think, yeah, this is where I need to be? I know you knew Charlie. Um, I presume he was a big part in that, but also what else was there? 
Um, yeah, the big part is Charlie telling me a bunch of good things about the organization and the city. So, um, and, um, uh, just talking to Jeff, I mean, kind of, kind of sold me and, um, I like the way he's think, do, does things here. And I think he's a great guy and great coach. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, like, um, I'd say Collins cause he, he kind of just played here and lived here. So. It was, I was asking him a lot of questions too, because I mean, as a player, um, you want to know like things around town and how our things are and how's the organization and stuff like that. But I'd just say uh, Jeff too, and like what he wanted to build here and kind of just sold me. And um, I would just say that. You, you knew Charlie, of course, and, and you knew Hugo um, as well. Uh, what's it like when you step foot um, off or when does it start to get really real? You know, you do, obviously it gets announced that you're going to be a player for the upcoming season. Is that when it feels real when you start to see social media and you're like, wow, they've announced me now I'm actually part of this. Or is it when you land off that plane and, and you're in induction day, when does it start to get real? Uh, I think it starts to get real when you actually like hit the ice with the group of guys. Uh, I think, I think, I mean, I feel like I've been gone away so much. So, like, it's kind of, like, not normal, but normal. Um, so, I kind of just felt like I was a new place. But, like, when you start hitting the guy, hitting the ice with the guys and having a new coach and stuff like that, I think that's when it hits you. And I would say that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what's it like when – so, we go back to the start of the season. I know they're only friendly games, but – you, I think your first game was against the Belfast Giants away uh, for the first time out of 200 times at the start of the season. But um, what's that? what is that like when you, you hit the ice in front of a, an actual crowd? Um, the fans are hyped up. They're excited because the new season's on. And I, I suppose even though it's a friendly, both teams are, are at it wanting to get that victory or, or, or at least players are wanting to make their mark to show the coaches what they can do. What's that like? Um... I think I would say that's pretty real too, honestly. Playing your first game, even though it's a friendly game, but uh, it was a packed barn and playing one of the best teams in the league. So it's um, kind of tough, obviously, for a lot of new guys because a lot of new guys haven't been in this league either on our team. So, um, no, but it's exciting. Obviously, maybe we were had a little pressure on us too, but pressure, uh, pressure's a privilege. So, um no, but it was awesome getting out there and obviously having our first games, um, even though they're friendly games. But um, it's always something that you can do to work on your game, um, even though they're friendly games. But, um, no, uh, it was fun. It was exciting. Now, we're going to show a couple of clips here. This is, I think, your first goals in the Dundee Ice Arena. But what was it like scoring your first pro goal, Elijah? What, what was that like? Um... It was, it was, it was nice. Um, obviously they can either come early or come late, but um, it's nice to get it out of the way in the first game. I think I scored in the first game, so um, no, it's exciting uh, to get it out of the way. And and we talk about the hype of coming to the DIA and it, it rocking and things like that, but. When you score these goals in front of the home fans, because I, I know away from home, it's great. You could score in front of our traveling support. But what's it like when the, the arena is your arena and um, 
you're, you're like watching them back right now. I can see the smile, but what is it like when <laughs> you feel that place erupt and you, and you put them in the net at home? Uh, there's no better feeling. It's so exciting. Obviously, the fans are always there supporting us. So uh, we always wanted to play our best in front of them. But um, yeah, pretty sure that was uh, like, I think, uh, game winning goal. So made it that much more better. But obviously, yeah, scoring goals um, away is not as fun as scoring home because 10 times better because they're, it's pretty quiet when you score when it's uh, away. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> or they're just booing you. That must be cool as well for you. Put one in the net, and especially you know, and then and then it's silent. You yeah, know, and, and you've got like your, your like own fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What? What? It, now this is one I remember. What, what I remember thought away from home. I think it was a five flyers game. I don't know if it was one of the friendlies or if it was one of the like, one of the games. In a way, I, 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 it was a game when I felt the fans really connected with you. I think um, some of the uh, fans. Had I think off it, your yeah, I think it was a Fife game. That's when I had my first goal. They're actually, I feel like our fans were louder that game than uh, the Fife fans. So kudos to them. But um, yeah, um, it was against them. But no, they were loud. Yeah. What's it like when you start to hear chants that have got your name in them and you're like, wow, they've actually started the chant now for me? <laughs> uh, actually, I didn't, I honestly didn't hear it that first game, but um, I did hear it at home. So. I, I'm sorry I didn't hear it against Fife, but I heard it, it was pretty loud, and they they were singing it more than once, and I didn't even I didn't even know. I was <laughs> just so black. I was playing the game, so that that's exactly. And and I suppose um, what what does it for your first season and you've scored your first pro goal? What what is it like when you you do start to have that connection with fans where you are getting those chants? And and you feel that I suppose that love and connection with them. How does that feel as a player? Oh, it feels good. I mean, there's no. I mean, I want them to hate you, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, it feels good. Um, yeah, we play for them, so. That's 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 a great point, and I suppose before we get into some of the fans' questions, so squeeze them in now if you want. We'll we'll read some of them out. But um, how tough has it been? I know I know more than anybody you guys want wins as you said it yourself you want to win at home in front of the home fans how tough has it been um for the team not winning the games that you want to win and I suppose also with the injuries that have come at the start of the season that wouldn't have been helpful either uh yeah it's been kind of tough right now but um it's already been a slump now than later I'd say um but um no I think uh no, we want. We obviously want to win in front of fans and give them all we got. But um, we've been slipping it away here in a little bit. But we gotta, we gotta clean up a couple things, and uh, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I mean the the signs are certainly there. Is it? Is this a time, Elijah, when uh, although it's tough, you need the fans, the players, everyone at the organization, all on the same page, all sticking together as one. And I suppose on Friday night, bringing that noise like they never have before. Um, just to give the the players that lift when they are on the ice. Yeah, you always want to stick together as organization, as teammates, because um, you start picking at each other, it only gets worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I, 
I suppose the, the benefit we've had is, despite some of the results, the fans have still turned up in numbers. Last weekend, a difficult one as well, because two home games in a weekend. But um, at mm-hmm. least things all average themselves out over the the season. But um, just, I mean, I suppose for from your point of view, how much have you appreciated the fans who've continued to come along um, through the, the the tough times and the good times, like when you were away in Fife, for example, and scored that goal? Yeah, I mean, uh, they travel everywhere. I mean, I, wherever I play, I've seen at least a fan, a couple fans. Um, we're grateful for them. We play for them at home we even though if we lose or win like they're always there we appreciate that um but uh i think uh we'll try uh bring our a game this weekend for them because they they definitely bring it uh, every night for us i think as, as a lovely comment i'm sure the fans will appreciate that um We've got some questions. Before we get to that, I want to ask you, what is some of your favorite um landmarks then in Dundee? What's some of the, the, the best places you've been so far? Um and the surrounding area? Uh I haven't been I haven't been out too much, honestly, but been golfing a little bit. Went to St. Andrews a couple times. That was kind of neat. Um and Dundee. Um uh I went to Giddy Grill. I don't know. That was that was. Oh, I thought that was a decent restaurant, but I haven't been out too much. Um, I need t- some tips on restaurants, though. I'm sure the fans will start flying them in now, or they'll send you them, or mention them to you on the weekend. Um, in terms of restaurants and in the Dundee things area. to do. Yeah, exactly. You've got you're busy. You're busy playing hockey. What what do you do then if you stay in the house so much? What you a gamer or what? what, what do no, you do? I, no, I don't. No, I like to. I'm not. Uh, no, I don't. I don't game at all. Uh, I, I'm not very good. So, but um, I like to get out. I like to walk around and stuff. I mean, trying to explore more. So we'll see. Over these next couple of weeks before it starts getting really cold. Yeah, that's a bit, get yourself up Perthwaite some of the awesome sites up there for walking things you, you'll you'll not regret it um some awesome places about there and you'll, you'll love that um let's let's take some fans questions before we um wrap up the show this evening uh and we'll see what, what everyone's got and um, this one here elijah if you had a goal song to be played when you scored what would it be Jeez. Mm, i don't know uh I've always liked the Boston Bruins uh, Cole song, so I would say that. I don't remember what it's called, but um, I I would pick that. There you go. And that's going to happen now. You realize that when you you score goals, it's probably going to be on. <laughs> I do like the, I do like the song they've been singing though lately. <laughs> when I, their little chance, but uh, I wouldn't say that would be my goal song. I just say I just keep that as a chant. <laughs> I I could not see you having that blasting in the. Uh, in, in the car or bus, Elijah, you know, as you're driving about or or when you're on your walks. I, but it is, it is an awesome song for a chant, right? So I do agree with yeah. the fans. It's unreal. I never heard it before, but uh, <laughs> it's awesome. The next one is from Sean. He says, a difficult start so far playing the same teams. But do you have a personal highlight um, so far from your time with the Stars? Personal highlight? No, I just uh, personal highlight so far. 
Um, it's only been a couple games, but I just say uh, just coming to the rink every day and working with the guys, hanging out with the guys, joking around, um, obviously winning all the times. Um, that's not, I mean, that's, that's a highlight all the time. So I would say just winning games with the boys. Like it. And that's hopefully what we're going to do on Friday night against Nottingham Panthers. Stuart Sinclair says, did you ever play roller um, at the rinks in Huntington? Went over there for an online tournament or an inline tournament, sorry, um, a few years back. Awesome venue. Yeah, I did actually. Um, in Huntington Beach. They have a Narch tournament every year in the summer. So, yeah, I did play there before. There you go. The next one, Chantel says, what's your favorite thing about Dundee? Well, we, you, you answered, um, and I never said something about Dundee apart from the Giddy Grill. So Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know. I just, I mean, obviously it's different from LA, but um, I like how there's less traffic. Uh, I think the buildings are unique, so I like all the buildings too. So it's a little different from LA. More, LA is more modern. This is like more old style, and I kind of like that. But um, I don't know. Everyone's nice. Everyone's everyone's been. I think you get treated well here. Everyone, it's pretty nice. So that's good. Leanne says, "Was there any special significance to the number nineteen for your shirt?" Uh, no. I would. I mean, maybe. Uh, so my older brother wore eighteen when he was younger. Every every sport or older brother he played. Yeah, every sport he wore eighteen. Okay. So I. When I um, when I started playing sports, I wore 19, and then my old, my next brother wore 20, and my next brother wore 21. So it kind of just went down the line. So there, I would say that's the only story, but I I do like the number. Yeah, that's, that's that's cool. Do you pick your number when the coach signs you? When does that actually like when does that conversation happen? Uh, that conversation happens. Uh, I'd say a couple of weeks after, kind of things when settled when things get settled in. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did pick that number. That's cool. Andrew says, what's been your favourite Scottish food so far? And have you visited the famous Clark's Bakery yet? Scottish food. Uh, what did I try the other day? Is it hash? Or what is it? I don't know what it is. Um, ah, it's like has like the liver in it or something, but oh, or right. whatever it has. Yeah, that, that sounds—I don't know what that's called, but that sounds disgusting. Whatever that is, no, someone, it's, uh, knows, someone knows what that is. Messages. Uh, I don't—I don't know some Scottish food. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it's called. Haggis. 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 Yeah. How did I not know that? Sorry. I, I that. Yeah, that's terrible. Like, uh, I didn't know. Shocking. Yeah, something like that. I think actually it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I was—I was—I'm looking at it and looked the, the best, but uh, it wasn't that bad. And I did. I've been to Clark's. It's like a staple here, apparently. He's been at Clark. What, what was your rating out of ten for Clark's? Then? Uh, I've only had the breakfast wrap, so but it was actually unbelievable. I give it. I I'll, I'll give it nine point five. Wow, that's high. What about the haggis? That I embarrassingly didn't know what it was when I, I do know what it is, but I just didn't know that. What um, what would you give that out of ten? Ah. Uh... Uh, let's give it a 7.5. Wow, that's that's generous. It's kind of high, maybe. 
I've actually never eaten it, um, but I could tell that I'm going to get loads of um, abuse after this for not knowing what haggis is when I'm from Scotland. That's terrible. But um, uh, how do you motivate yourself to play well after losses? That's a good question. Um, I'd say, uh, I mean, kind of, you can't change the past, so you can only change the future. It's kind of just turn the page now, and um, you got a new week to kind of regroup and uh, look over some things, clean up things, and um, get going for the next weekend. Yeah, can't always uh, rely on the past for things that are gone. You can't fix so. Like it. Oh, Neil uh, Braden says, what is your golf handicap? Uh, it's like a 12, I would say. Not too good, not too bad, though. <laughs> He's good. Uh, Fraser says, do you play better at St. Andrews or King James? Uh, I think I had a better game at King, uh, better game at King James. And Eve says, you should definitely go to a restaurant called Vandal and Co. on Exchange Street, not just because she works there. <laughs> okay, sounds good. If you're getting a discount, Elijah, right, or a free meal, like they need free to. Free meal. Yeah. I'll try it out. That's exactly it. Katie Suter says, what, um, what is your favorite hockey team and do you go to their games? Yeah, um, obviously living in L.A., um, I grew up watching the Kings, so I'd say the Kings are my favorite team. What's your other favorite sport teams or sports teams? Uh, I like the, I do like the Dodgers and Angels, the baseball team. Uh, my grandpa liked both, so I kind of grew up. He was a big baseball guy, so didn't really have a favorite um, baseball team, but I just like I like I like uh, the players. Same with basketball. I don't really have a same like I don't have a favorite team. I just like the guys. I'd say football, American football would be the Dallas Cowboys just because my dad's from Texas. I know I'll probably get a lot of heat for that, but um, <laughs> you justify it. I don't watch much soccer though. So, as I say, what soccer team do you not watch at all? Or I don't watch much soccer, no. Yeah. He's staying away from that one. That's probably best. Yeah, I know. That's what I heard. Uh, yeah, well, Charlie and, and Phil. Um, Walk, walked about with these horrible Dundee United hats on last season. Um, I, I don't know if he's been forced to wear it again this year. Of course, there's two football teams in the city, well, two prominent fo football teams. And um, yeah, so hopefully you don't wear one of them, Elijah. That would be really, really poor. Um, but you should definitely come to Brotty Ferry for a day out and get something to eat. That's from Diego. Okay, I'll look, look at Brotty Ferry, check it out. Yeah, Brighty Ferry is nice. Good places there. Um, Neil Braden says, that's the haggis. Yeah, I'm getting basically now. This is embarrassing. <laughs> oh, now they're yeah. hating you. They are really hating me. Do you know Do you know the first person um, who was from America actually introduced the haggis was Tom Green. Tom Green. The comedian. Um, he, he had it on a panini, which I thought was disgusting. Panini. Like, you know, Interesting like, combo. It was disgusting, to be honest, Elijah. It was not good. <laughs> uh, there we go. Is there any more questions or are we finished? Uh, I think we might be finished because there's nothing else on the screen. Um, but I suppose it's time to thank you for uh, coming on the show, Elijah. I appreciate getting to know you a little bit more, and I'm sure the fans do as well. Uh, we have a huge game coming up on Friday evening against the Nottingham Panthers. 
7.30 face-off in the Dundee Ice Arena. Um, they don't get bigger than this one, and we'd love to have you there uh, in full support. You can buy tickets for that by visiting dundeestars.com um, or uh, check all our social media pages. You'll find out links there. Crowds have been awesome so far, and we'd love to have you there. Keep an eye on our social media pages as well if you wish to um, also get 50-50s, um, all that kind of stuff. Also, I think you can sponsor bits of kit on there. Um, details could be found for that as well. Um, we'd um, appreciate you checking that out. I think the packages start from £25. Yes, they do, because it's on the screen. Um, and uh, remember, if you want to listen back to this show or if you ever miss one, you can find it either by watching back on YouTube um, on Dundee Stars TV. You can also um, find it on all um, audio podcast platforms as well. Just search the Dundee Stars live show um, and keep an eye on all of our social media pages for various videos, highlights, packages during the week and everything. But Elijah, just before we go, I'll let you finish. Have you got a message or a farewell message for the fans? Uh, no, I just thank them, thank them for uh, supporting us every night. Um, like I said, we'll try to bring our A game uh, on Friday and uh, see what happens because we owe them one. Before we, we wrap up, I, I forgot to ask you one thing. Give us a funny story about Charlie Combs that we don't know. No, I don't have any funny ones really. I don't know. He's just a funny guy. He's character. I don't know. He's That's a good guy. A, he needs to grow a bit. How about that? Yeah, well, I can't say anything. I'm not like the tallest either. So, but... um. Listen, he's a good hockey player with his height. So if he had a bit more height, I wonder what he would be. Yeah. Exactly. But I guess hey, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're listening, Charlie, um, you're safe. Elijah didn't throw you under the bus there. He didn't give us any stories, even though he has many, I'm sure. But listen, guys, thanks for joining us this evening. We'll see you on Friday evening in the Dundee Ice Arena, 7.30. And uh, we'll see you soon here online for another live show very shortly.